Hi, my brothers and sisters of God Squad Church. Bees the chaplain here, coming to you all the way from Sydney, Australia. I've been given the invitation to deliver the message this week, and I just want to say a massive shout out and a big thank you to Pastor TJ and the leadership team of God Squad Church for inviting me to deliver this message today. I am still super nervous, you know, and I don't think that's ever going to change, but I feel like I'm getting better. And one of the key reasons why I feel it's getting better is because of winding down the week with bees, uh, the program that I've been invited to host on God Squad Church's channel um, on Thursday evening at 8.30 Eastern time. Um, and it's because of that, uh, it's because of that program, you know, I've been able to build relationships, uh, deeper relationships with a lot of the members in the church. And so I feel a lot more confident and a lot more comfortable, you know, delivering the message because now I'm, I'm not delivering a message to strangers. I'm delivering a message to family now. So I feel a lot more, a lot better about that. So um, yeah, still a little bit nervous, but I'll be okay. Um, and I just want to say thank you. Thank you for allowing um, me to be God's mouthpiece this morning. And I just pray that, you know, you receive a blessing from this message. Now, the message itself, I want to title Keeping the Momentum. Now, the reason why I'm wanting to title it Keeping the Momentum is because of, from the last two weeks, we've just come back, come off the back of a very powerful weekend. We, we celebrated SquadCon, SquadCon One Accord. And for me, that was an opportunity to be spiritually uplifted. It was, it was that time for me to come in, come with the community, worship together and have back-to-back -back, um, services where we could be spiritually uh, replenished and spiritually uplifted, you know. Now that that's gone, or now that that, that that finished, and praise the Lord for, you know, for God Squad Church, for Squad Con, for One Accord, what happens, you know? Because we want to continue that momentum. We want to keep on that, you know, what I want to call it is like, you know, a spiritual high. You know, back in the day, we used to go to youth camps and like we used to go to these camps and we'd have like in like in the space of a week or a weekend, we would have powerful, dynamic speakers. We'd have awesome worship. We'd come together. We would celebrate. We would praise. We would, um, you know, share our testimonies. And it was just a time of just concentrated um, opportunity to celebrate Jesus Christ. And we used that time. And I felt that in that time where there was like distractions were put away, I felt like spiritually uplifted. I felt spiritually reignited, you know, and, and I wasn't alone in that. There was the people that went, the young people that went, we all felt, we all felt that. And it seemed that I attended these camps and then I ended up being like, you know, staff, a staff member in those camps because there were the things that would help me become once again, spiritually reignited. But I can't keep on relying on those big events to keep that momentum throughout the year. You know, so what, it, so in the event that that does happen, it doesn't happen and I slowly start to lose the momentum, what do I do? What's going to help me keep the momentum? So that's the title of today's message. Um, it's called Keeping the Momentum, Keeping the, on that, you know, spiritual high or remaining spiritually ignited for God. And so, uh, you know, that's what this message is about. And before we continue, I'm going to have a word of prayer so God can saturate um, this message and the spirit can move during this time. So please bow your heads as we close our eyes for a word of prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, 
Uh, I just want to say thank you so much for God Squad Church. Thank you for this opportunity and thank you for this community. Thank you that we can come together and worship together to discover you and have a brand new experience of who you are. I thank you for SquadCon One Accord, the, um, the time that was spent for us to come together and worship and praise and connect and have back-to-back -back services and, uh, and wor um, worship experiences and listen to messages that really filled us up, that really spiritually ignited us, that spiritually rejuvenated us. And that time spent gaming together, building relationships and connecting with one another gave us that time to celebrate who you are with one another. And so, Lord, as that was two or three weeks ago, Lord, I pray that you keep us on fire for you, that you keep us, um, you know, connected to you. And I pray that you use this message to help us in that, in that journey. Lord, I pray that you be with me now through the ums and the um, the ahs and the fumbling and the stuttering of my words. Lord, I pray that you transform this message. May your words, um, you know, be captured by the Holy Spirit and nestled into the hearts of the willing listeners who want to hear your voice. And Lord, finally, I pray that you take this message as an offering and your will be done with it. I ask this all in your loving name. Amen. And once again, I was going to say, though this is a pre-recorded message, don't worry, because I'm still in the chats. I promise you I'm still in the chats. I'm going to drop an amen, but hopefully everyone can share the love and show, you know, show the love on the chats as well by dropping an amen, you know, and, and providing that kind of support. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we're going to get into the message now. We're going to go into a story found in the Old Testament and this uh, and the Bible scripture that we're going to specifically look into, look at and examine is the story found in 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 1 to 8. And we're going to look at that whole story, but we're going to take a chunk, a chunk at a time. So we'll start. Um, and this is the story, and it's titled, Elijah Flees to Sinai. So Elijah was a prophet. It was a, he was a messenger of God. He was, he was a person that God used to share his love, share his hope, share his message. You know, whether it was the hope, um, or sorry, whether it was, it was the message for his people to return, you know, back to God, whether it was a message of warning, the prophets were used to deliver this message. The prophets were used as instruments of God to deliver the message for God. So, this is this is Elijah. Now the verse, the story picks up, and it kind of picks up halfway in a story, which makes it kind of weird. But this is this is what it says. So Elijah flees to Sinai, First um, Kings chapter nineteen, verse one. When Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done. Now Jezebel was the ruler at the time. She was the she was the queen. She was like head honcho at the time. Um, you know well. She was she was actually the partner of Ahab. They were both like power couple um, rulers at the time. So it's so we see that Jezebel had told uh, Jezebel found out about everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. Now Baal or Baal was um, you know the um, the god that they worshipped. It was a pagan god that they worshipped. So Jezebel sent his message sent this message to Elijah. This is what the message said. It said, may the God strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you as you have done them. And then it says, and then it continues in verse three. When Elijah was afraid, then Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. 
He went to Bathsheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness. And I need you to remember, he went and he travels into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and he prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I'm no better than any ancestor who has already died. And so I'm thinking, like the first question that I put or, or, or I asked myself is, what happened to the momentum that Elijah had? Because technically, and we're going to examine this, right? I'm going to share with you another story because Elijah, Elijah should have been steamrolling with the amount of momentum that he had from what he had just experienced. Now, we kind of get a preview as to what he, what he experienced. If you go to 1 Kings chapter 18, you see that there is this context, contest, and this is a, like a massive contest between, you know, it's like a title fight. It's like the, like the biggest, biggest contest around, and it happens on Mount Carmel. And what, what takes place is that there's two altars. Then there's on one side, there's the prophets of Baal, and there was an approximately 400 prophets there, and they were worshiping at an altar. And then there's Elijah by himself at his altar. And there was a challenge and the challenge was placed where they said, we're going to put a burnt offering on this altar and whoever's God consumes the offering is the God to be worshipped. And so Elijah go, says, okay, y'all can go first. He goes to the prophets of Baal and he goes, go, go, you, you guys take it away. And they spend hours chanting, cutting themselves, worshipping, trying to pray to this, um, to their God, to Baal for him to perform for God for the God to perform a miracle and consume this this sacrifice bull that's on this altar nothing happens and to the point where Elijah feeling a bit like overconfident says to the um says to the prophets yeah maybe your your maybe your your prophet is uh, sorry maybe your god's sleeping maybe you're not chanting loud enough maybe you're not doing it more um with conviction maybe you should try harder so they do that they dance they chant and they try and you know they cut themselves deeper and they and they, they perform this ceremony over and over again and nothing happens and then it, and so it seems like it's a lost cause for the prophets of Baal. They turn to Elijah now, and Elijah does this. He feels, he gets a message from God, and in his faith, he saturates the altar. He saturates the altar with water. He soaks it completely, the stone, the sticks, everything, and to the point where there was a moat around the altar, and that was drenched in water. So the whole thing was, was completely saturated, it was soaked. Then he prays to the Lord. He prays to the one true God and he prays that the, that he consumes, that God will consume this sacrifice. And a fire comes from the heavens and consumes the entire, um, the entire thing. Not just the, not just the bull or not just the offering that's on the altar, but it says in the scriptures that it consumes the entire altar, the, the bull, the sticks, the stones, the altar, everything. So there's nothing left. So in that moment, in that contest, in that act of faith and obedience to God, Elijah has victory in God. And it's, and it seems that from that point on, God decimates the prophets of Baal. He says that the victory is found in the one true God. Elijah witnessed this. And not only was he witness to it, he was actually an instrument of this. But what happened? 
what happened? And for me, from that, if I was there and I see this and, and like, you know, I have my faith and I invest my, my faith in God and all of a sudden God comes through for me and he honors my cry and he honors my plea and he consumes this entire altar showing everyone around him that he is the one true God. I'm on that spiritual high. I am there. My, if, 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 if my spiritual level was low, it would boom, like, you know, one of those meters where you hit a thing, it would be there. And, and honestly, it would have already, it would have stayed there. You know, so what happened to Elijah? Straight off the back, that's, that's 1 Kings chapter 18. We go to 1 Kings chapter 19. The first thing we see is Elijah running for his life. Why? What happened to the momentum? What happened to the, what happened to, what happened? Why did he lose the momentum? I would say, you know, one of the key things that, and this was obvious, and I think this is the explanation as to why he lost momentum, is, he's, is because he was presented with a new circumstance and a new challenge that overwhelmed his ability to have faith in God. It seemed that the new circumstance and the circumstance was his life. The circumstance was the fear that Jezebel had put in his heart to say, you've got a bounty on your head, Elijah. I don't care that, you know, the Lord performed this miracle for you. I don't care that he gave you victory over the 400 prophets of Baal. I don't care because now I just want to kill you. I want you dead. And Elijah is gripped with fear. And the fear that he has is so overwhelming that he loses all momentum. It's like he's stopped. He like that Jezebel slammed the brakes on his momentum and it was, he was stopped dead in, in his tracks to the point that it seemed like he disregarded what happened the day before. And he prays to the Lord and this man and Elijah, by the way, was a prophet that prayed to the Lord and he prayed that the Lord would stop the, stop the rain and the, the rain stopped for three days. And then he asked again, and then the rain came back. This is the man who had faith in the, the God who performed miracles. And all of a sudden, this is the prayer that he prays. He prays that he might die. I've had enough, Lord. Take my life. I'm no long, I'm no better than the ancestors who have died. Take my life. I want to die. What happened to his momentum? The question for us is, you know, off the back of one accord, off the back of SquadCon, you know, 2022, one accord. Are we in that same situation? Do we feel that we're in the same situation as Elijah? That though we might have been spiritual, spiritually replenished, not two weeks or two, three weeks ago, but the circumstances in our lives have stopped us dead in our tracks. You know, that we've lost all momentum. What happens? What happens in that space? The first thing I want to share, the first thing I want to uh, share is a word of encouragement. And the word of encouragement that I want to share with you is we've all been there. We, we, we've, we have all been there. And it's not just me. And it's not just, you know, um, the people live in today. I want to share with you a couple of words, a couple of scriptures that though they sound rough, they are words of comfort in the circumstances where I, where I'm at, where I feel that I've lost all momentum. And the first one is found because this is what I want to do. I want you to take courage and know that we all feel it. We always, we, we sometimes feel that at the, that something has slammed our brakes on our spiritual momentum and we, we are stopped dead in our tracks. In Job chapter 13, verse 24, it's, um, Job is crying out to the Lord 
and he's and he's saying things like why do you hide your face and consider me your enemy Sometimes we feel that we've lost all, all momentum, that it feels that like God has actually separated ourselves from us, um, separated from us, and He's no longer present in our circumstances. We seem we sometimes feel that we're so overwhelmed by the circumstances in our life, whether it be health, whether it be financial issues, whether it be um, you know the being in a, a challenging relationship, whether it be you know circumstances in our life that are so challenging for us, whether it be mental health challenges or struggles that we're facing day in. And day out, whether it be challenges that we have no idea how to, where, where we're going to see the light at the end of the tunnel, take courage and know that you're not alone in this. There are times that we've all, we all have um, experienced this, this, this slamming of the brakes when it comes to our spiritual momentum. Even Job, and Job is feeling so disconnected from God because he's lost all, all momentum that he cries out. He says, "Why do you hide your face and consider me your enemy?" In Psalms, this is King. Uh, this is King David saying, to, uh, saying in in the moment of his loss of momentum, or I guess spiritual emptiness, he cries out and says, "Why, Lord, do you stand so far from me? Why do you hide yourself in my times of trouble?" And so for me, the first thing I want to, I want to share, share with you is a word of encouragement to say, we've all been there. We are, you are not alone in this feeling of losing momentum, losing your spiritual momentum and no longer being on this spiritual high. But how do we not stay in that? You know, because if we go back to the story, we look at the story and we realize that it wasn't even a day. SquadCon one accord was two to three weeks ago. Maybe we've started to lose momentum, right? Maybe we've started to lose, uh, you know, that that spiritual high. And maybe we're starting to taper off because we're now faced with the circumstances or new challenges and circumstances in our lives. But but for Elijah, it was the day before. He performs a miracle. He sees um, a fire consume an entire altar, the offering and everything. God comes through for him. He completely obliterates the 400 prophets of, uh, of Baal and gives Elijah victory in that moment. And the very next day, he's running for his life. The very next day, he's pleading to the Lord, Lord, take my life because I've had enough. It seemed like Jezebel had slammed the brakes on his spiritual momentum to the place of fear, to the place of crippling fear that now he just wanted to, he wanted it all to end. So what do we do? What do we do in those times? What do we do in those circumstances? I truly believe that, you know, here we can find in verse four, in first, uh, first Kings chapter 19, verse four, the answer to this. And this is the starting point of how we can once again start building that momentum, start building that, start once again being spiritually reignited and replenished by God. And this is what it says uh, in verse four. Then he went on alone into the wilderness. Remember, remember that world, wilderness. Traveling all day, he sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. Then he lay down and slept under a broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. He looked around and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and then he laid down again. Then the angel of the Lord came down and touched him and said, get up and eat some more or the journey ahead will be um, far too much for you. So he got up and drank, ate and drank and the food gave him enough strength 
for him to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. There he came to a cave where he spent the night. This is what I want to introduce to you, the way that God has given us the invitation and opportunity to once again get that spiritual momentum happening. If we're starting, if we feel that we've started to taper off, or if we feel that a brand new circumstance in our life has stopped us dead in our tracks, that we no longer have the momentum that we had from, you know, from uh, Squad Con One Accord, this is where God is saying, no, 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 let's lift back up. Let's do this again. And what God gives us, and what God gives us is a spiritual autosave checkpoint. Now, okay, back in the day, I used to play games, but I was, once again, you got to understand that I'm terrible at games, but I still like to play them nonetheless. Had it not been for autosave checkpoints, I would have given up after like three tries, right? Because what autosave checkpoints is, is at the start of the stage, you can go and go and go, and maybe the stage is a big stage, but then once you get to that autosave checkpoint, if the next part you die or your, your character fails or whatever, that's where you start. You don't have to start from all the way in the beginning. What I like about that, there's some games now that they don't have that anymore. And for me, I don't play those games at all. Don't worry about them. Like Dark Souls and like, you know, the Elden Ring and stuff where you don't actually have the checkpoint. You have to start all the way from the start. Forget that. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, loved, I love the fact that here in this moment, God gives us an autosave checkpoint that God in our journey says, okay, I want you to take a break, right? Whether you're up here, whether you're down here, whether you're tapering off or you're lifting up, I want you to use this time as an autosave checkpoint. And there are two key things that God wants us to do in that during that time of autosave checkpoint. The first one is he gives us the invitation and the opportunity for examination right? In this time of examination, he gives us the, the, the chance to say, well, what's the problem? Why are you losing momentum? What is this circumstance, right? And, and in this circumstance, I want you to ask yourself the question, where is God in the circumstance? Who is God to you in that circumstance? Why is God disconnected or distant from you in this circumstance? You know, I was thinking, I was reflecting upon, I don't know if you've got, I think it's, it was Guardians of the Galaxy, or I think it was Avengers, one of the Avengers, where it's like, where's Gamora? And the other one's like, who's Gamora? And then uh, the other the other guy's like, why? <laughs> the question is, why is Gamora? I don't even know if it's, not, if it's Gamora anymore. Anyway, but they were the, they're the questions. For me, in that moment, God gives us, one, the opportunity of examination. And he's saying, what is overwhelming you? What is the challenge and why is it overwhelming you? Because at the end of the day, if God is saying, I'm the one that consumed the fire, I'm the one that consumed the entire altar, I'm the one that performed this amazing miracle, well, where am I in this new challenge? Where am I in this new circumstance? Elijah, why are you so scared? Do you feel that I, because the prophets, I protected you from the prophets of Baal, do you not think I, I can't protect you from Jezebel and her threats? How, what is on this altar? What is on this pedestal? Is it Jezebel or is it me? Is it my victory or the confidence that you have in me? Or is it something else? That is the time for examination. So just say, for example, you're going through a real challenging time in your life right now. And you're asking, where is God? Or you're saying, why is this so overwhelming for me? I'm feel, I, like, you know, I can't get through the day. I don't have any money. I don't. And I'm now is an opportunity. I want you to take this time as an opportunity to ask yourself, where is God? 
where is God in this and who is God to me in this time? Because perhaps where, perhaps you're asking, well, I just need him to be the problem solver without recognizing that God just wants to be the presence and the comfort in this time. He wants to give you that chance to say, I'm still with you. I'm here. I've never left you. I haven't abandoned you. I'm with you every step of the way. And though this challenge or though this experience or know this, though this new circumstance is overwhelming for you in your life, don't worry. I need you to be reminded of who I am in your life. I am the victory giver. I am the comforter. I am the provider. I am the one that will give you victory in this challenge as well. So the time, for, so what I would encourage you, my brothers and sisters, is in this in this circumstance, whether where, wherever you are, take this auto save checkpoint to ask your question. Ask the question in this time of examination: Where is God? Where is God in this new circumstance? And why is God? Why is God like? Um, sorry, why do I feel that God is not giving me victory in this space? Reconnect with him, allow him to um, invite him back into that circumstance so he can reveal himself to you in that circumstance once again. So that was the first one, a time for examination. The second thing is, and the second chance, and this might be a bit, um, I guess, um, uh, th this one might be a bit challenging as well, is it's a time for preparation. You know, most every, mostly every major person in the Bible that was used mightily by God had to go through a desert time, had to go for a time where they had to experience an auto checkpoint. This includes Moses, Elijah, Jesus, and Paul being in a place where we're dry, being in a place where we're losing momentum, being a place where we feel that the brakes have been pumped on us, waiting, wanting, praying, and examining. This is often the proving ground. This is often the time of refinement. This is often the time where God is saying, I need you to trust me more. I need you to rely on me more because what I'm going to put you through or what we're going to go through in the next, um, the next chapter of your life or what we're going to go through in this circumstance of your life, I need you to trust me. I need you to trust me because so I need you to I need to refine you. I need to, tr to change you, to mold you. I need you to be more courageous. I need you to trust in me more. It is that time where we can prepare to move forward. It is that time that God will take us to that next level and build that momentum. But we need to be prepared for that as well. Because God has amazing plans in store for us, but we need to be prepared. We need to be prepared to receive that blessing. So what do we do to maintain the momentum that we have? So these are the times where we said, okay, so in this time where potentially the brakes have been pumped or we're losing the momentum and God is saying, okay, let's have an autosave checkpoint right here, right now. So we can examine where we are, examine what we're going to do and prepare ourselves for the next chapter ahead. What do we do to continue to have that momentum up? And for me, I truly believe that in this passage, pardon me, in the passage in the book of Elijah, Sorry, in the book of Kings, what Elijah has done has given us the formula and has given us the answer. And it's found in verse six. And for me, this is the key that unlocks everything, especially for us in today's, like in, to make it relevant today for us. And it says this in verse six, it says, he looked around and there besides his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. He ate and drank and he laid down again. 
So, because the thing is, the angel of the Lord woke him up twice. He did that the first time he went to sleep. Then the angel of the Lord woke him up again. And he said, the journey is going to be hard for you. So you need to be ready. You need to prepare. So I need you to do this again. There's this kind of repetitiveness. And I thought to myself, that's a good formula, but how does that apply in my life? And so I was praying on it and it felt like God just gave me this, like this idea. And it's like, well, hang on bread and water and rest. I, I know that from somewhere. And he threw me to a passage that's found in John chapter six. And we're going to read John chapter six, verse 28 to 35. And for me, bringing back that the, the idea of wilderness, the idea of bringing that at the forefront of our mind, Jesus actually answers the question to provide us with the secret formula. So reading from verse 28, it says this, then they asked him, what must we do to do to the work? Sorry, what must we do to do the works that God requires? And Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one who he sent. So they asked him, what sign will you give that we may see and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. The manna is bread, the bread. Our ancestors ate the bread in the wilderness as it's written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, very, very truly, I tell you, it's not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes from the heaven and gives life to the world. And then in verse 34, it says this, sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus, in verse 35, then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never go thirsty. If I bring it to there, if I bring this back and he says, he looked around, and there beside his head, he saw some bread baked on stones and a jar of water. He ate and he drank and he laid down again. The three things, and this is, um, I guess, the application. This is what I want us to remember. And it's a simple formula. And it's this, eat, drink, rest in him, repeat. The bread of life. God has given us the bread of life through his son, Jesus Christ. Whoever approaches him with their circumstances will never go hungry. Jesus, uh, God has given us the water that will never run dry through Jesus Christ, his son. Whoever believes that victory is found in him will never go thirsty. God has given us rest from the burdens of our lives through his son, Jesus Christ. Whoever surrenders their burdens will always find peace in him. Let us build our momentum church. We've come from squad con, you know, one accord. We've got, we're on that spiritual high. We've built each other up. We are in one community and in one church and we're celebrating salvation found in, in, in the victory of Jesus Christ. But when we lose momentum, what do we do? That's an opportunity for God to pump. When we, when our brakes are pumped for God to say, okay, this is our auto checkpoint. Let's examine where God is in the circumstances, in the new challenges in our lives. Let's examine where, where he is and how God can have victory in our lives and let us be prepared by him. Let us take that 
opportunity to prepare ourselves for the next season in our lives so we can can continue to gain momentum. We can continue to move forward in hope, in faith, in love, in joy, in victory found in Jesus Christ. Let us continue to build one another on. So when we we come each and every week to, um, you know, to God's God church and celebrate Christ and celebrate salvation found in him, we will continue to build momentum and continue to press each other on. The way that we do that is simply eat, drink, rest in him, and repeat. God has given us the bread of life. Jesus Christ is the bread of life. Let's celebrate him. Let absorb, let us absorb the words that he teaches us found in the scriptures. Jesus Christ is the, declared in John chapter four that he's the well that will never run dry. But also with the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ has said in us, with Jesus dwelling in us, we are like an artisanal spring that will bubble over and overflow. Let us be that with the momentum that God has put in our lives. Let us do that. And the, what I love about it is when it says the angel says, you will need to do this again. You don't do this once, but it's eat, drink, rest in him, rest in him. Don't worry. Lay your burdens over to Jesus Christ and trust that victory is found in him. And don't worry about it because God is saying, don't worry. Once you've given it to me, peace is found in me. Peace that surpasses all understanding is found in me. So I don't need you to worry. I just need you to rest in me and then repeat. Repeat, repeat, repeat. Continuity, consistency will build momentum that will continue to keep the momentum up and keep our spiritual and keep us spiritually ignited. Let us build our momentum as individuals and as a church community. Let us continue to um, encourage one another and let us keep on going. Let us keep building that momentum, keep the momentum going. Remember, final thing, my brothers and sisters, remember the Lord has not saved us to be trophies on a shelf. We are instruments in his hands to be used in the world. This usage requires that we are able to be used, able to be sent, able to trust in the Lord in any circumstances. So let us take those opportunities of auto-save checkpoints to examine ourselves, to prepare ourselves, to find victory in God, to eat, drink, rest in him, and repeat. I pray that we always keep our momentum. I pray that we always build each other up. And I pray that you, irrespective of the circumstances that you're in, and any in irrespective of the circumstance that stops you from that momentum, you enable and you give yourself the invitation to apply that formula. Eat, drink, rest in Him, and repeat. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just want to say thank you so much. Thank you so much for giving us um, the dem uh, the example where you've demonstrated Elijah's struggles, where just off the back of that spiritual high where he performed that miracle and defeated 400 prophets, the very next day he's running for his life. The very next day all momentum is lost. The very next day he's pumped the brakes or Jezebel's pumped his momentum brakes where he just wants to die. Thank you so much for providing that, us with that formula. Thank you so much that by your protection and provision, you've given us auto-save checkpoints where we can stop and we can examine where you are. We can find out where you are in the new circumstances and the new challenges. And we can examine how you can give us victory and, and we can trust and be at peace in knowing that victory is found in you in the new circumstances that are in our, that are in our way and new challenges and obstacles that are in our way. I thank you. And that also in that time, it's a time of not only examination, but preparation where you can change us, mold us, guide us, refine us 
change us so we can um, be in line with you. We can trust in you more. We can rely in you and see that you have victory. We can see the plans that you have before us to see that you've gone before us and we can just sit back and be in awe of the amazing miracles you've, you have performed in, for, and through us for the challenges ahead. Lord, I pray that you, uh, a prayer of thanks that you've given us the formula, that you've given us the formula, that you are the bread of life, that you are the water that will never run dry, that if we rely and trust in you, we will find peace in you. So may we apply the formula in our life. May we surrender our circumstances over to you. May we eat, drink, rest in you and repeat so we can keep the momentum. I ask this all in your loving name. Amen. Thank you, my brothers and sisters of God's God Church. Peace out. God bless. Thank you, Bizouche, for bringing us just uh, an amazing message, an amazing message. I know that I was blessed by it. I hope that you were. And as he was talking about just keeping the momentum, you know, right? Squad contest ended. Maybe you had something like a youth camp or something that you just came back from. It's the summer. A lot of times those types of things happen. But you feel like you're on that mountaintop. And a lot of times you just need to keep that momentum to move on. And he gave us the three things of the eating, the drinking, and the resting to be able to continue that momentum, keep keep us keep that fire ignited in our hearts to, to continue running after Jesus. And maybe today, some of you, uh, maybe you've accepted Jesus Christ in the past, you know, and you accept Jesus Christ in your heart. And a lot of you know that feeling when you first accept Jesus Christ, that you have this fire that's inside of you and you want that momentum to keep going. But after a little while, sometimes that momentum, you know, a lot of people, they just accepted Jesus. They, they want to read their Bible every day. They want to pray every day. They want to go and give the gospel of Jesus Christ to others every day. But that momentum and that fire, sometimes it can, it can, it can, it can go down a little bit. And sometimes even a lot of people, they start falling away from the truth. They start following maybe their own desires. And so I want to give an opportunity for those people today. Maybe you need to rededicate your life. You need to come back. You need to get yourself back on the right track. I want to give you the opportunity today to rededicate your life to Jesus. Or maybe this is the first time you've heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Or maybe it's the first time that you felt a tug on your heart like, hey, there is something else that's out there. Hey, there is something more than what I've been doing in my life. There's something that can provide real joy. There's somebody that can provide real love. There's somebody that can provide real peace in my life. And hey, if that's you today, if you are somebody who has never accepted Jesus Christ, I want to give you an opportunity right now as well to accept him for the first time in your life. I can tell you that Jesus Christ, when he came down from heaven, he lived a completely impure, perfect life, but he went to the cross for you. He didn't have to go to the cross. He didn't have to do those things. He could have snapped his fingers, gone off the cross. He didn't have to come down to this world. But God the Father sent Jesus, his only son, who came and lived. To, he was 100% human, but he was 100% God as well. And he went and he died on the cross for you. And he rose from the dead three days later, showing that sin could not hold him down, that the grave could not hold him back. And when we accept him into our lives, that power, that authority over sin, and the grave is given to us as well through the power of Jesus Christ so that we can raise up one day, so that we can overcome the sin because of the blood of Jesus Christ that covers our hearts when we accept him into our lives. And so I want to give you the opportunity today because like, I, like I, I, you know, there is a real heaven, there is a real hell. 
and Jesus holding his hand out to you saying, I don't want you. I don't want you to be condemned to hell for all of eternity. I want you to be with me for all of eternity. I want you to understand what that true peace, what that what that true love is like. And so I want to give you the opportunity to accept Jesus Christ for the first time in your lives if you have never done so. So if you want to rededicate your life or accept Jesus Christ for the first time, what I would ask you to do is repeat this prayer after me. Dear God, I come before you right now. I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe that he died on the cross and I believe that he rose from the grave. And right now, God, I accept your mercy, your grace, and your salvation. I commit my life to you. And Jesus, I ask you to come and live inside of me. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we give it up for those people right now that are accepting Jesus Christ into their lives, whether it's live right now, maybe it's in the future, somebody watching a VOD or watching the YouTube video or one of our many podcasts. Hey, if you just accepted Jesus Christ, we want to congratulate you and we want to celebrate you. I can tell you, I made this decision a long time ago in my life and it is not something that you are going to regret. But also a lot of times people have questions. So if you just rededicated your your life or if you just accept Jesus in, into your life if somebody can type exclamation point connect in the chat what I would ask you to do is click on that link and fill out that form that's gonna help us to be able to give you resources get you plugged in to the church as well get you plugged in somewhere so that this isn't just a one-time thing and then you just kind of go off on your life doing your own thing no this is a life transforming thing we want to help you in this transformation that you are currently undergoing right now because it's an amazing amazing thing that that Jesus has done in your life. When we feel that purification in our lives, when we feel just the weight of the world literally being lifted off of our shoulders, it's an amazing thing. And hey, we wanna walk that journey with you as well as it's not the end of something, but it's the beginning of something brand new in your life. So congratulations once, once again to those of you that have just accepted Jesus Christ into your life. And uh, right now, guys, we're gonna go into a time of offering and giving. And hey, I want you to know if this is your first time here at God Squad Church, we welcome you, but we want everything for you. We don't want anything from you unless God put it upon your heart to give. But something that we do believe here at God Squad Church is we believe in giving. The Bible talks about offering and giving and giving of our finances. And it can be really hard when it comes to finances because obviously we need financial things to be able to live, to be able to provide shelter, be able to provide food. But something that God has asked us to do and through a way of worshiping him is to give of our finances and it's an act of faith and so we do believe here at god squad church that that's something that is really really important and so um if if you call god squad church your home church i encourage you and i, I and i challenge you to uh give of your finances uh, you know obeying what the word of god says and so there's multiple safe and secure ways that you can give the god squad church you can do so by going into the tabs below, clicking on the give link that, could, that will allow you to give through PayPal. You can also go to our uh, website, godsquadchurch.com. In the top right, there's a little give button. All you need to do is click on that and you can set up a recurring giving of monthly or weekly, or even just a one-time gift that you can use there as well. And then finally, if you're uh, a resident of the United States, you can also use text to give by texting any amount to the number 84321. That's gonna allow you to basically, um, that's gonna 
going to allow you to be able to give uh, uh, it will it will have you set up a profile of sorts and then after that you don't have to set it up ever again you just put in the amount text it to that number and it will allow you to give uh, to the church so once again thank you guys for your faithfulness and generosity because without you guys we couldn't do everything that we do here at God Squad Church and allowing the gospel of Jesus Christ to be spread to gamers all over the entire world so we thank you for that guys